if demand less, now I don't think we yet understand demand, but high levels of employment usually equate every time to a much lower production. And you're already seeing that in the builder confidence surveys that I've seen. And, you know, they shut down and they cut their spending. I hate to say, I don't mean to be a downer, but uh, then some are building and those that are building, folks like you, which I've known for years, you know, marketing for home builders, you know, find those niches that are surviving. But if they have no inventory to sell, they tend to cut their marketing. I mean, that's the, but this is altogether different. And I don't think we know how long it is. And, you know, I don't speculate. I don't know. But it seems to me that there's so many unknowns here that may not apply to anything I just said about the history. No, no, no need to adjust your podcasting dial. We didn't make a mistake in the editing. That was a quick snippet of my conversation that I had with Brad Inman, a legendary figure in the general real estate space, the founder of Inman News. And I got a chance to sit down with him for a few minutes. We're also going to announce a very special partnership with Inman News that you're going to want to pay attention for. But I wanted to start off the episode with Brad because he is such a legend and his insights are so valuable. So we're going to get right back to that interview with Brad Inman, and then we'll get back to your regularly scheduled podcast with the Ad Doctor and Becca. Welcome, everyone. We're sitting down today with none other than Brad Inman, the founder and chairman of Inman News. Everyone asks me what I read, what I listen to, how I stay ahead. And one of the secrets, Brad, I'm giving it up today, is, is Inman. Uh, it's just, it's fantastic resource to see what the general real estate uh, audience is doing, what leaders are thinking about and kind of what's happening on the other side of the business as we, as we talk about. So thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thank you very, very much for having me, Kevin. Happy to help any way I can. Now, where are you sheltering in place at? I'm in, uh, in Southern California out in the desert. Oh, fantastic. So it's nice and warm. If there's any correlation to heat and uh, eliminating the virus, I'm in the right place. Everyone's healthy, right? Everyone's good. Yeah, I've, I've got a I got a, a sprawling network of family and friends and so far so good. Um, you know, obviously known people that have suffered and uh, loss of life, but uh, mm. you know, that my core family and friends are, are doing well. Fantastic. So we're, we're bringing on people from all different parts of the industry and perspectives and really only have one main question for you today, which is what lessons do you think we learned in, or are learning in this downturn or even in 9-11, the Great Recession, that, that you think it's important for all real estate companies, new or existing, to be thinking about in terms of transition points and adjustments? And Well, there is no parallel. You know, you could, you could go back to the Spanish flu or polio for fair, or HIV for parallels to the virus. You can go back to the date, Great Depression, probably the better example than anything we've seen mm. in our lifetimes with uh, recessions or even the Great Recession, uh, in terms of you know a complete collapse of the economy, it's human induced, which is different, and meaning we we were the ones that uh, created the environment for the virus, and we are the ones that made a decision to lock down the global economy. And similar here, it feels like we can do something about the virus. It's within our you know within our um, reach, and we can also do something about turning the economy back on. So. In some ways, unlike a natural disaster, maybe, or 9-11, which was terrorism, um, there, there is some upside and downside to this. We were kind of control in control of our own fate going in, and we're in control of our own, and that did it very well, and we're in control of our fate coming out. Also, I think just from a practical business standpoint, because that's kind of high level and can sound like BS, <laughs> it, you know, the, the lessons uh, for me is, you know, always manage your business well, um, always have liquidity 
I always tell people like in the real estate industry, save half of what you make. If you have liquidity, it gives you a little bit of a, a you know, um, a path to survival. If you can keep your team together through the downturn, that means you have the infrastructure to deliver in the upturn. Um, you know, and right now I think we're all learning that never before, and I don't think this is really true in the last recession, certainly not the Great Depression, certainly 9-11, uh, is the role of technology, which has never had a more important role in our lives. That's how you and I are chatting it up here. And, um, you know, it's interesting that I just checked the market cap of the top six airlines in the world, which is about 90% of all air travel, is less than the market cap of Zoom. Right. And some things that you can probably predict, and I hate to predict, I'm, a, I'm an observer, a journalist, not a, an expert or a guru or a forecaster, an economist, but I suspect that business travel as we knew it is probably gonna be at least half maybe of what it used to be because people are realizing, oh, I can sign contracts. I, don't, I can do virtual closings. I can do half my business meetings without flying to New York. Um, you know, we're seeing, I just talked to Pete Flynn who started uh, Trulia, which he sold to Zilla for three and a half billion dollars. And he was talking about how the legacy venture capital companies that have been uh, operating based on handshakes and hugs and meetings and la 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 and putting entrepreneurs through hell, that they're now doing this quick screening, seven day decision, all done virtually, uh, so there's a great example of how, you know, that entrepreneur in Austin that flies the Silicon Valley to go to Sand Hill Road is not going to have to go there anymore. And isn't that beautiful? But that's really yeah. bad for the airplanes, really bad for the hotels, really bad for the, what is it, the Sandwood Hotel there in um, Sand Hill Road or whatever it's called. So, you know, there's a lot of changes here, but how do you plan for this? You know, I always say, just be as liquid as you can, have as little little yeah. leverage you don't like to call yourself a predictor maybe but you've been a a hopeful strategist when it comes to technology and real estate for as long as i think anyone could probably remember and so it's interesting i was just reading but i was kissing in the wind kevin i i was the, the timing years. was wrong the timing was wrong but all the ideas I mean, were right i've been i've been arguing for this for 20 years it took a pandemic to force the hand <laughs> it's so but it's beautiful. I don't care where it comes from. It's just going to be easier for consumers to buy and sell a house, which means more transactions, which means a better housing market, right? Exactly. So anyway, I cut know, you off. Sorry about that. No, I think it's perfect. So I was just going to say, you know, I'm going to be attending Inman Connect for the first time. It's always been on my list, but with all of our other right. new home specific events, it's been tough, but I'm definitely going in June. And one of the reasons, you know, I just was reading on Inman on Saturday when Redfin announced that they're going to be doing on-demand showings uh, using using door lock technology to let yeah. people in, similar yeah. to how Zillow and Open Door have been doing. But as much, even though now has never been a better time for technology, it's still interesting that that technology isn't necessarily here to to completely replace what we've lost. It's here to get us through, and then hopefully continue to invest in yep. moving forward. But so I'm going to be attending him and connect. What should I expect? Well, for 25 years, Kevin, we've been coming, or you've been coming to us, flying to cities like Vegas, New York, San Francisco. And finally, we're coming to you instead of you coming to us. We do, people say, when is it and where is it, where is it going to happen? And I said, well, it's June 2nd through 4th, and it's going to happen in your living room. So move the chairs around and make some coffee because <laughs> you're going to have 10,000 people from all over the world. And you're right on, Kevin. Most of this stuff here is universal to the industry because a lot of it has to do all the big tech players, you know, Rich Barton, Pete Flint, you know, Spencer Risk, go go through the list. They're all gonna be there. Redfin, Glenn Kilman, um, Robert Rufkin. So all those characters, all the technology companies, all the service providers, all the, you know, the iBuyers, Eric Wu, et al., they're all gonna be there. 
And um, along with a lot, a lot of other people, uh, entrepreneurs and startups and new tech companies, and they will be, um, you know, delivering information about all of these new technologies um, and how they're being used and how they're being adopted. The beauty is, you know, I said for many years, try all the technology, the half that doesn't work, don't worry about it. And the half that does work will make you more competitive. But I've kind of changed my tune because I think what the isolation and confinement has done for us is we know which technology works because we've had time and have needed to use it. Before we didn't really need it. We were saying you should have it. So it went from maybe wanting to needing and now everyone needs it. And we're sifting through the technology, Kevin, that really works. Like this is working really well, I think. Yeah. And uh, other technology like this is working really well. You know, and some of it isn't. isn't. Um, I've told this story kind of jokingly that um, I had a rumba and I decided to try the rumba and uh, it's noisy and it talked back to me and it was quite frankly a pain in the ass. I had I the first it. one too. It didn't, did not work as advertised. You know what I did with it? I threw it in a swimming pool <laughs> and that, that was symbolically me saying it's time we didn't adopt everything, didn't try everything, didn't get so fascinated with robots and I certainly had my phase of that and really curated our technology better. It was and more discerning to adopt and I think that pandemic has forced our hand One, we're seeing a digital transaction. I had a fight with a bank that wanted to bring a notary to my house. And finally I said, really, you know, I've been your customer for 30 years. Are you going to risk my life for the damn notary signature? Can't yeah. we do away with that? And this was after hundreds of signatures in this document, right? <laughs> and they finally relented. And if you read the document they were having a notary come for, it was just the way it had been done. I had a situation through an escrow company, and this is pre-pandemic, very similar where they want me to sign a document in escrow to close a house. And I said, why, why do we need, why does that need to be paper signed? And they said, well, it's just, you know, you have to. And our lawyer told us is what they told me. So let's get the lawyer on the phone. They get the lawyer on the phone. I said, what's the legal requirement that this be a paper document and not DocuSign? And uh, the guy says, well, because we've been doing it forever. And I go, well, that's a stupid reason. You know, it's like a, a man that eats too much and gets fat. He goes, well, I do that because I've been doing it forever. Well, maybe it's not a good idea. You know, uh, so all this stuff that I was screeching about and people thought I was crazy, the pandemic, at least, I think some of that I hope for is happening. And that's really terrific. And all of that will be at Connect Now. And it'll be a great gathering of really smart people. High level and, and tactical stuff, too. We're big fans of, of tactical. What can I do now as well? But you're also, like you said, you're going to see high level strategic conversations happening that you just, you can't see anywhere else. L last thing I would love your perspective on before I share a special secret that we got from Inman, a special uh, discount uh, package uh, that we put together with them to attend as well as get access to Inman News. It seems like the technology that, that was gonna like colonize Mars is less important than, yeah. than like the technology that's gonna let you and I talk to each other or get people access to a home. Or, yeah, let, let me see that rental down the street that I, my wife and I wanna rent. Mars sounds, kind of like useless right now. Um, and yeah. back, isn't it beautiful how all these companies are working on those things that didn't seem very useful to our lives right now, except for a few wealthy people to escape planet Earth. They're now turning their manufacturing. It took a while for some of them to realize maybe that's what I should focus on for the better of the world. This whole idea of the better of the world is pretty, pretty amazing. So you're right, tactical, useful, relevant stuff. We got the permission from Brad here and his team to partner to give anyone who's listening, there'll be a link in the show notes as well as in our email newsletter that'll come out next week 
that will let you get access for 90 days to Inman News for one dollar. Yeah. And then once you're inside those gates, you can get a ticket for Inman Connect now for $49. So for $50, you can stay locked into the headlines of all the change and momentum that's happening, which again, in our space, Brad, I always talk about, like when I lived in Pittsburgh, I would say I could look two hours to the east or two hours to the west, and I knew it was going to be in Pittsburgh in five years. <laughs> it was just, yeah. it was a free crystal ball. For home builders, a lot of times what's happening in agent and broker land is what we're seeing, but we're just a little bit more insulated from it because we're building our own stuff. We don't have, we only have to worry about one half of the transaction. So definitely check that out in the show notes. If you've never been before, would love to have you attend with me. You guys are doing some pretty interesting stuff. It sounds like listening to, to Laura Monroe talk, virtual conversations and groups and one-on-one. So would love for everyone to, to check it out. Yeah, we'd love to have you there, Kevin. And particularly your audience. I think there's a lot of lessons we can learn from the home building community. We have many readers in that area, but we'd like to have more. And there's many things the home builders can learn from from our community. And clearly we're all in this together, one big real estate tent. And Kevin, thanks for all you do to support the industry. And you're, you're always ahead of the curve and delivering great technology and services to your members. And anything you ever need from me, don't be afraid to uh, reach out, okay? All right. Thanks so much, Brad. Adios. Be well. See ya. Welcome to Market Brief Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at doconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. As always, that's right. And <laughs> Becca is here too. And what number should we call this? We should just I have no idea. we want it to be. I, we were just on a, an NHB webinar and I was letting people know that sometime around episode 92, since then, everything has been kind of current market condition related. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, sometimes the ad doctor hasn't been here, but it also means when I'm, when Thais is like, um, you know, we were doing two times a week. I think we may, I mean, I've, I'm sorry to all of you. I don't know how you keep up on all this. Um, <laughs> Who knows? But we may have a couple of weeks where we've got three episodes because there's just too much happening and too many good people to talk to. Yeah. And I yeah. still want to be able to hang out with you guys on the podcast too and, and talk like we are today. So I have no idea. My hunch is it's this something. will be like 98 and a half or I like that. something. It's <laughs> like your second or third 39th birthday, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll participate in that. Exactly. And we might that. even have to do like 0. 0.678 because I really want to do something different that I have in mind for episode 100, but I just don't know. Oh. We just want to get stuff out. So, yeah. N- n- number is just a made up thing, right? It's a yeah, human... it's like whose line? Whose line right. is it, anyways? Points yeah, made up. Points don't matter. <laughs> I like that. Points don't matter. All, All right. right. Let's let's hop into story time. It's been a few weeks probably at this point since anyone's heard a proper story time from the DU Convert crew. So, Andrew, you got anything for us? Yeah. So, Kevin, yeah, Cranky Kevin, I think you've called yourself a few times, which I think is yes. great. Cranky <laughs> Kevin. And I'm like, okay, I need to make one up. Aggravated Andrew. That's mm. the first thing I thought of. But that sounds mm-hmm. very uh, like I'm going to get arrested or something, which has never happened in my life. <laughs> right. So I That's don't better know. than aggravated assault, Andrew. That yes. is That's true. That'd be bad. So, yeah, I'll just because we want to make this a little brief. So my, my story, there's no individual person or referencing to anything like that. But it's just like 
um, a collection of say the past month and a half or so, as there is more input from leadership from sales because of all this, I feel like the marketers really need to know the platforms to be the advocate for one, their job. Like if, if mm-hmm. sales is like, Hey, I want to do this, I have this idea. And then marketing is like, Oh, cool. Let's do that. And then they, that's something you cannot do because it's a platform limitation or it's just mm. a terrible idea. I just feel like I'm seeing that out there a bit more. And I'm like, Oh, that's, I feel like marketing is the only job that can get away with that. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. unacceptable. So definitely like, I think leadership needs to push on training, but it's, I feel like it's comparable to like, Hey, if a customer's like, I want this giant window and the person's like, cool, let's do it. And then whoever's doing framing, I have no idea if any of this makes sense, but like, no, we can't put yeah, no, a 12 I, yeah, foot two by four going horizontal. What we you're saying is that marketers can like, become enablers if they're not careful, right? Correct. So like, is that. marketing a strategic function or is it simply, Hey marketer, this is what I want to do. And it's your job to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Without knowing like, no, you can't run the two by four that way. Like that makes, you would never do that. It's like, you will die or whatever's yes. going to happen. Like I feel like marketing can, well, get, can get away with, they shouldn't, but they do not knowing what they should because it's marketing or something. I don't know. Like it, it's, it's almost like they can't admit you're saying either that they don't, they don't know for sure of like, Hey, let me research. They're just, they're all in on whatever someone comes to them to yeah, say, which they, which. Yeah. It could be like culture, just like their position, maybe they're younger, maybe who knows what it is where they feel like they don't want to push back or yes, or they just want to, or they want, maybe they want to say yes without when they should say, Hey, let me check on that. I should be able to do something like that, but let me verify or or whatever it may be without getting specific. Yeah. I feel like this is the time when street cred counts. Like if you built your reputation in your company, you can push back and say, Hey, um, maybe putting your phone number on the Facebook ad isn't a thing we should do. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good right. example. Or like yeah. shifting from like, hey, we know this works. Why would we just get rid of everything right now and and swap it for something else when it has mm-hmm. worked for whatever yeah. amount of time? And if yeah. you, mm-hmm. what kind of street cred are you working for? It's that you are able to solve problems without the answer being dictated to you. Yeah. I think if I reflect mm-hmm. back to my career at the three home builders that I worked for, especially the first two, the main reason for success was that it became known that if you had a problem, even if it didn't seem like marketing was the answer, Kevin was the person you wanted to sit down and talk with and brainstorm with about possible solutions. So there, after the first year or two of my career, there was very few times where the boss or, or VP of sales or somebody came to me and said, this is what we're going to do. It was like, hey, Kevin. I've got an idea or I've got a problem. Can you help me think through this? And even like construction, you know, I I have jokingly talked about the survey where construction just says, hey, the survey results aren't good. Can we change the survey to get the answers to be better? (laughs) But but also just like, hey, Kevin, how can we set better expectations with our home buyers so that they understand what good service looks like or what a good experience looks like? Um, you just want to be known to, as someone who can solve solve a problem. I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Fun little story. Not not <laughs> aggra- aggravated anymore. No, I'm happy. Happy Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, a lot of this is compounded by the fact that uh, if I had to make a rough guess, fifty to sixty percent of the marketers at home building companies got into the business after 2010. So they really, it's only ever been a ride up for them. So again, you, yeah. you can't fault people too too badly for not realizing maybe the importance of, of knowing 
the limitations of the platforms inside and out like you're talking about too. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Except for the fact that there's free content and training available there's, like everywhere all the time. That's right. <laughs> Not and just from us, but YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> all over. All over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Becca, you got anything for us? Oh, oh, yes. So okay. I've been um, going through things and double checking and found a few ads that had quite out of date pricing. So mm-hmm. I went through and updated them this week. So make sure that if you've had pricing increases this spring, this is a good time to make sure they're accurate in your end. Yes. Yes. And so let's give people a little bit more insight into how this typically would work. Do you convert most of the time? If you're a smaller company, you know, what we tell our builder partners is we can keep everything as efficient as possible between communication from you. But when something changes, we need you to communicate that to us. Yes. And like Becca's talking about on a regular basis, multiple times a year, we will still go and make sure and audit uh, in addition to to that line of communication, because we certainly aren't going to trust that. But there, the other option that we use with some of our larger builders is where we will use a service or or, or tool from Homefinity, which is uh, created by the folks at O'Neill Interactive. Doesn't matter if you have your website with them or not; they can use their tool to push out pricing updates and community updates to us. So that every morning we just get a nice little email that says, "Here's all the stuff to fix and update." It's really so, nice. It's we amazing. certainly will automate that process whenever we can. Yeah. However, to Becca's point, just you need to have a sticky note on your monitor or somewhere that says who else needs to know when pricing availability changes, either one of those two things. Pricing needs to be changed. And then also our, our second favorite thing is when Google tells us you know, after two hours <laughs> of Google Ads uh, pages going to 404 results, we're going to turn this ad off for you because the page no longer exists. And then comically, the marketer often will email us and say, hey, FYI. And we're like, yeah, FYI, <laughs> <laughs> this community sold out and you didn't tell us, right? So it's, it's okay. It happens. Life's busy. We get it. Um, but you definitely want to make sure, especially now when the consumer may be a little bit more nervous, that you're, you're in a lot of cases, Becca, showcasing a better price, especially yeah. if you have ads related to inventory homes. Mm-hmm. You may have inventory homes available now at a lower price point and your ads all need. So, so yeah, pricing is just, it is a must always be accurate thing in what we do. Yes, um, for sure. Even if there's a human element to it, it's not really an excuse. We got to yeah. stay on top of it, it. It doesn't take long Mm-mm. to update your vendors. Also a good idea to have a simple Excel sheet if you're doing this old school. By market location. So in Columbus, you might sell homes in Dublin, Hilliard, and Worthington. It's really helpful to have a price range from minimum to maximum for each of those. Yeah. And then obviously you can come up with your citywide min and max very easily if you're keeping that stuff up to date on a regular basis. And again, this goes back multiple episodes. For us, it was website Fridays, Friday afternoon, everyone <laughs> left the office. Yes. And so every Friday, you know, marketing team, when it was quiet, we're going through and, and making all the website updates at one time and notifying our partners when, when necessary. So good one. I like that. I'm going to answer a question that I have answered on our NHB webinar twice now, both on part one and part two. We'll link to that in the show notes. Um, I guess I should give context there. We did a two part webinar special event with NHB. Um, The title at NHB's request is 
a marketing playbook or keep your traffic flowing marketing playbooks uh, for home, new home builders in COVID-19. COVID-19 wasn't my idea to have in the headline, but it, it's part of their COVID-19 coverage. So it's, it's a requirement. Anyway, one of the questions in part one, as I was telling people that, you know, they should be cutting back on their ad spend, probably somewhere between 10 and 15% at a safe bet, if, if necessary to cut back at all. Again, there's lots of context there. You have to go back and, and watch it. But you've heard me talk and post about this a couple different ways, probably at this point. And I also said you should ask your advertisers for discounts. I mean, if you can't get out of your billboard contract for some reason, you should at least say, look, it's COVID-19 going on right now. We need a, we need a discount. Yeah. And someone, and then we started talking about home builders offering discounts and incentives and how I didn't think that was a good idea to be running ads out to the world saying that you're discounting it during a pandemic. And someone asked a really insightful question that said, hey, how can you... How can you say both things? You're asking us to ask for a discount, but you're also saying that we shouldn't advertise discounts to consumers. And the first time around, I gave an okay answer, which is that, you know, we're a fiduciary to our owners and it's their money, not ours. So we're obligated to get them the best value at all times, which was an okay answer. But the better answer that I thought about and, and answered on this second webinar, even though they didn't ask, because I just felt like this was such a good question uh, that, that challenged me in a good way is what I didn't, what I was not suggesting is that you watch for ads, ad sources being on sale. So for instance, don't just like wait for something to show up in your Facebook feed that says special ad products, 60% off, and then go buy it because it's on sale. What I said is if you already have a source that's working for you or has worked for you in the past, then you're asking for a discount there. There's an existing relationship that already is in place there. Similar to a home where what I'm saying is advertising discounts and incentives as a way to create demand to get new leads is not an ideal scenario to be doing in the middle of a pandemic where there's already uncertainty. Consumers behave, consumer behavior will wonder if the price will be better next week, if it was already a little bit better this week. There's all kinds of bad things that, that happen when you start that messaging. But Communicating that in an email to people who are already a prospect or in remarketing, now it's a different story. So if people are already on the hunt, so to speak, for a new home, communicating that still isn't my number one choice, but it's not as detrimental because you understand that you're not going to – someone today on the webinar, Andrew and Becca, asked, well, with lumber prices going down, do you think we should add that messaging to what we're doing online? It's like, well – well, yes, saving prices on lumber or potentially um, getting a home purchased before lumber prices go back up and builders raise their prices. Okay, um, but on the on the on the list of the top ten reasons people choose to move, lumber prices isn't one of them. Nope. So you know we we know that it's getting into a relationship, leaving a relationship, having a kid, kids moving out, um, getting mm-hmm. a new job, losing a job. We know a whole bunch of other reasons that cause people to need to look for a new home, uh, new or used, and lumber prices isn't one of them. However, if you've been nurturing someone for two months, that's a great message to communicate to them, mm-hmm. right? But but it's for a different purpose. So that's my better question or better answer to that very good question. 
<laughs> simplifying, and, not simplifying that, but like, like the, uh, what did you, you did the too long, didn't watch, uh, where there's like the too long, uh, yeah, didn't right. read too long. Yeah. So someone's like too long, didn't listen. Is it like, mm-hmm. it's more or less the timing of timing and where you are in the relationship is when, and if, and are you trying to create demand yeah. or are you trying to move that existing demand through the funnel? Gotcha. With, with yeah. an, with an urgency or value message. So prospect yep. on the fence, that's like, yeah, I don't know. We're just not ready. I don't know. Salesperson like, Hey, lumber prices are down. I think it's going to last another week or so. And then I'll jump back up. So the pricing yeah. might be lower by 3000. I don't know. Right. Whereas, whereas new Facebook ad, Instagram like, ad says, what's that mean? I don't lumber prices down. Great time to buy. That's not, <laughs> it doesn't have relevancy because yeah, nobody right. under it's too abstract. It's very abstract. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. Shifting over to the news. We're going to try to keep this episode short because, again, we're throwing two or three a week at you. So we want to save your ears. The first one, um, we posted this in both the Facebook group as well as on LinkedIn. Uh, It's from thedrum.com. Mike Lyon found this. I don't know why he normally goes to the drum or how he happened upon (laughs) this particular site, but this is a great article. I loved it. Yeah, it's good. Mm hmm. Yeah. And the headline is Coca-Cola slams brakes on ad spend and then quotes, there is limited effectiveness to brand marketing. So that obviously speaks to me a little bit in ter- to, to how my bent is and, and what people should be thinking and doing right now. But my favorite quote from the whole article is not just that they're dramatically cutting back their ad spending on brand marketing, but that they just basically said, hey, Right now, it's probably not when we're going to get the return on that investment. So uh, we've determined that this in this initial phase, there is limited effectiveness to broad-based brand marketing. They're going to shift some of those dollars into other places, like making sure that point of purchase and where you go to purchase uh, Coca-Cola products stands out, is in the right place on the shelf, kind of getting back to blocking and tackling closer to point of purchase marketing and advertising yeah. than general branding. But I just thought this would spark a good conversation. By the way, anyone who comments, even if you just say hello, we're donating $10 to charity on either platform, Facebook or LinkedIn. So add Do in it. Say hello. Your, your thoughts there. Yeah. But did you guys have any thoughts as you were reading this article or, or anything that people have already commented about that sparked yeah. uh, something for you? I do. Becca, do you want to go first before I go? You could go first. You go first. Okay. <laughs> I, well, one, I just was thinking about Coca-Cola as a brand. And I feel like there's certain brands that are like, so you have Disney, like without thinking about them laying off for low 100,000 people, whatever it is. But like, like they're just iconic, whatever that word means. I feel like Coca-Cola, Disney, like there are certain ones that are just special in my mind. Right. I don't know mm-hmm. if you disagree or not, but yeah, I think sure. branding if we're trying to apply this to home building, like where they're talking about like, Hey, we're putting more money into, which would be like the, the point of purchase, like the displays in there. I feel like that could sort of be in the home building world. That'd be like underneath branding category, right? Sort of. Or paid search. <laughs> or paid search. <laughs> right? It's, it's like hard to. Point of purchase is closer to the intent of I'm here to buy a Coca-Cola or some beverage of, of choice. Right. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. So it's, yeah, I guess I, that's my, that's my, I'm trying to apply this to home building versus just thinking about that in general, mm-hmm. um, Coca-Cola in general. And it's, it's, I think it's like how you're talking about with the incentives, it's all timing. So they're not saying branding's dead, which I feel like that the click it was a little clickbaity. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. They're just shifting the timing of when they're going to go in on that. And 
but for a brand like Coca-Cola, like they're so large, they're everywhere in the world. Like what else would they spend at dollars on like lead gen? They don't do lead gen, right? They do. I'm just trying to think in general, like their marketing department is much different. Yeah. Their conversations yeah, than ours. Structured. Like branding is what they have. And without branding, do. it's, it is just the sugar flavored water, right? Yes. So, yeah. Like that's all they are. And their time from brand. marketing to sales is, is shorter. So brand is more important because it's mm-hmm. kind of the um, generator for the instant impulse buy, I think. Yeah. Yep. And, and builders, home builders have a distribution problem that Coca-Cola does not. <laughs> right. That so I want to read this comment from Andrew Garberson because I think this is incredibly insightful and smart, which is not surprising because it's from Andrew Garberson, <laughs> one of our favorite people in the world. He says, you know, I would caution missteps with last touch attribution here. Coke is arguably the most successful brand marketer ever. I'd be, it'd be tough to convince me that people truly enjoy the sensation of their tongue burning in their mouth with that first drop. But it also reminds us of summer and picnics and baseball and family and finish fishing with dad. That feeling is what Coca-Cola just decided to not invest in. There you go. If that's, I were on the Coca-Cola team, okay. I was going to say, that's what I guess that's, that's my iconic feeling. Like they're just special. Like they are Coca-Cola. Like it's like Disney is Disney because it's Disney. Coke is Cola. Coke is Coke because it's Coke, right? Like it's, it's those things. It's the fond uh-huh. memories that you grew up with associated with that brand. Exactly. Exactly. So he says, if I were on the Coca-Cola team as the next generation, as the next generation of Coke drinkers sits on their couch, consuming content in record amounts and looking for signs of hope in this very confusing world, I would be concerned with how they will think of Coke if my ad dollars are not helping to create those associations, basically even now, despite the current situation. And then he continues on to say, the same is true for builders. I'm spending way more time on Trulia these days because I've spent enough time in my current house lately to know I don't want to be here forever. Now is the time to reach me, to log your brand to my consideration set and be there for me later in the year. I think that's a extremely valid and insightful point. I think the challenge is, again, how early do you need to start having your brand reach that consumer? And will we be able to catch them later on down the funnel? Because branding is expensive. Yeah. Uh, you know. And I'm, I, I don't, I don't know if skeptic's the right word, but I'm like, you have the price location and what it is, is in my mind, unless it's like a 55 plus destination retirement community, like the villages or something like it, those are the, those are so much more important than who the yeah. builder is. That sounds so sad, but isn't that, I feel like that's true for most. Well, it could be true. I mean, branding is a tiebreaker, but that's why I'm saying that you have a distribution problem. Yeah. So you can get Coca-Cola from almost anywhere that sells anything. Like I'm pretty sure if you could true. go into a Macy's store where you live today, somewhere in the three floors of random crap, no one needs is the ability <laughs> to also get a Coke from Coca-Cola. a refrigerated uh, space right? somewhere in that store. You can also somewhere. probably buy a Coca. So the distribution problem with builders is for our location. We're not available everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's only a, a finite amount of locations where our brand will matter in terms of purchase behavior. The brand certainly still has other values. That's not really, again, people 
similarly to how they think we don't like chat or texting at do you convert because we say you need to do a whole bunch of foundational things first. We love branding. Branding is awesome. Branding in terms of, Hey mom and dad, I'm thinking about buying a home from Heartland versus I'm thinking about buying a home from Miranda. Two totally different reactions are going to happen. If you live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Heartland one, your parents are going to say, Oh, that's great. We're really proud of you. The Miranda buyers, they're going to be happy and excited for you, but they're also going to potentially be worried because they might've heard some things that aren't so great about the company in the past, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So it, it definitely still matters and it influences, but the distribution problem hurts us as well as the amount of times that we are going to be doing a repeat purchase and interacting with that brand mm-hmm. on an ongoing mm-hmm. basis. And that was my response to Andrew was, you know, I love it, but I think the truly example is perfect from, from my point of view, because most builders don't have the same proposition as either Trulia or Coke. Um, you know, you can, you can, love a builder's brand. And ultimately, if they don't have a community and the location you want or are offering a price point you can't afford, the brand can't provide value in the same way yeah. as a platform that can sell anyone else's product like Trulia or an item sold at billions of locations around the globe like Coke. And that's where it comes back to, you know, home builder marketing is so much different in terms of the, the complexity, the length, um, and and the motivations of the consumer that are that are a little bit different. And I would say, like in terms of Coca Cola versus Pepsi, I mean, I'll I'll say Coke is my preference, but I also will not choose to get a water if the waiter or waitress says, "I'm sorry, we have Pepsi." I'm like, yeah, sure. In fact, it's almost annoying now when I'm like, I would like to have a Coke, and they look like, oh, "I'm sorry, we only have Pepsi." I don't care. Just my answer is the same either one. It re- I'm just. I'm saying a, a carbonated beverage that has caffeine in it, really, more than anything else. And, and by the way, there's all kinds of different perspectives in here, which is what I was hoping would happen. So there's there's certain people who are like, absolutely not. Uh, in terms of a home builder, like we, we do believe in brand. There is a difference. We, we find value in it. But I think my main point is just the timing of yeah. knowing that mes- certain messages at certain times are worth investing in. And again, I, if nothing else, it felt like a semi-validation to me that it is okay to pull back some of your ad spend. If, if Coca-Cola is doing it, now you could also argue, and I think Martha made this point, Martha Clifford from Tuscus, uh, really well. Hey, my builder's always been on the conservative end of ad spending anyway. Then you might not need to change the thing. Right. You certainly you're not sponsoring FIFA 2020. (laughs) Right. So there's a whole different set of considerations when brand is like we were saying, infinitely more important to the final purchase decision, potentially, or stimulus of even why I need this thing to begin with than a new home. So go go check that out. Comment, uh, make some money for charity. And then the other one is really just a, a PSA. Uh, this is from search engine journal.com. Google ads to require identity verification. So you might remember me talking about having to scan my passport for Facebook in order to start running some ads for home building companies and real estate organizations, I think about a year ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not necessarily going to be to that level, but you are going to have to provide some form of, of personal identification to Google in order for ads to run. And the reason we want to just get this out there early and we've got a link to it and then I'll let the ad doctor give his perspective is there's just no reason to ignore the messages that will likely be coming from Google in the future, thinking that they're spam or not relevant to you. 
if they email you and ask you to do that, please, please do it because I guarantee you would like your ads to continue to run. And they do say, if you fail to submit the information requested within 30 days, ads will be stopped. We'll stop them. Yeah, this is good. Yep. I'm, I'm excited for this one. I, um, years ago, I may or may not have been in this gray area of knowing what this Are you is talking for. about when you worked with lawyers. No, no before, before that, well, that no, was before great. That was fun. Before, as far as just knowing, like there's advertisers that will try to um, circumvent the systems. And I definitely, oh, sure. yep. yeah, I definitely may or may not have had experience way back in the day. You might've um, experimented with, with things those, in the past. You're yeah, saying, and it's mostly in your, the, in your like, college days. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Kidding. There's different advertisers <laughs> and they, they're living in the Philippines and for them to add, to advertise, they have to, you know, get around uh, yeah, this, this type it. of deal. Not that they're doing anything illegal or anything like that. They just, they cannot do what they want it to do. So that's what uh-huh. this is for. Fixing those things, essentially. Like, I, I don't know the reason why they're doing it now. Maybe it's for elections coming up. I don't know. Because um, they're yeah, behind Facebook. Be. But mm-hmm. it'll be nice to hopefully it, I, mean, I don't think it'll affect us. Like, there's no one bidding I don't know. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I don't think it will affect us unless you just don't respond to that email. Yeah. And then it will definitely affect you. <laughs> it will. Because our goal is to get everyone verified eventually. Yeah. I think that's great because, you know, I, mm-hmm. it's hard to tell when you're on the internet if you're buying something online from a legitimate place or is it somebody that has dumpster dived and found like this gem and put it on the internet and all of a sudden <laughs> exactly you, you get this. Yeah, exactly. Good job, Google. I like that. And Google's also stepping up their Google rep game. They're trying to get up to Facebook, which is really interesting. Um, Yeah. yeah, We'll see how that goes because we're still getting... There's real people who respond to you? There's real people. I talked to Anne from Pittsburgh who's hopefully helping and she loves Pittsburgh. I guess Pittsburgh is a really unique place. It is. Which is interesting. Everyone, like you've lived there. Jackie lives there. Um, Andrew G., Garbison that like, yep. it, it sounds, I need to visit Pittsburgh. It sounds like, because everyone talks about it, like it's so unique, but I have no context of what that actually means. <laughs> like No idea. I'm like, it sounds like a city somewhere, but everyone's like, oh, it's Pittsburgh. I'm like, I don't, I don't no, it's, it's an amazing place. I don't know what you're talking it's, about. It's an amazing place. Yeah. You definitely should go and you definitely should go to Pamela's and get their strawberry Sour cream, brown sugar, crepe cakes. Oh, man. Hands I knew down, it was going to be one. pancakes. That sounds... Best pancakes, best dessert pancake <laughs> okay. in the world. Category. Mm. Did, you, did you ever start your website? Then we'll have to hop up here. Your pancake mm. review website. <laughs> nope. Man, Not yet. too busy. Too I tried busy. to pay someone to do it, and they finally said, your vision is too grand oh. for me. Uh-huh. Man. So <laughs> I need to, I need to find someone who's really as dedicated to pancakes as I am, because I don't want just, you know, a blog. I want people to be able to submit their own reviews, to tag mm. their location, to Speaking. upload photos. We, I mean, this needs to be, you know, the beginning of a pancake empire. It can't just be, yeah. you know, a landing page, like, like <laughs> no. waffled people are known to do. People. It's gotta be, it's gotta be more than that. <laughs> These grape cakes look serious business. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right. right. Well, again, as always, you can call in with questions or comments about this episode or any other at 404-369-2595, or you can email them to show at doyouconvert.com. That will get to us as well. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you next time, everybody. See you. Bye.